Welcome everyone. Over to Daf Yomi Shur. Today's Shur is Daf Yudet. We will begin on Yud Aleph Amur Aleph at the Tanur Rabbanan on the bottom of the page. Anyone who looks to sponsor, please call Mr. Victor Sabak. Says the Gemara Tanur Rabbanan. Kansari Shon. If the first guy married her, Lashum Misuin. The guy got married fully and he has witnesses that she did not go along with anyone during the time that he was together with, that he was married to her. Inami, or another case, she was alone, but they were only alone for less than the time it takes to have relations. Even though that's true that they have those witnesses, the next husband, assuming she got divorced or her husband died, cannot claim that she wasn't a bitula. Because the bottom line is, she was married. And once she was married, even though there's witnesses, witnesses uh, are not able to completely ascertain that someone wasn't alone with somebody else. Amaraba zot omeret. We're now on the top of your bed, Amaralf. Kansab haiskat betulah v'nitzat be'olah. If a person married a girl assuming she was a betulah, and you find she's a betulah, yesh la ketubah mana. It must be that you still get a ketubah of a hundred, because even this woman, right, who we assume she was a betulah, and she because he's relying on the witnesses, right. And we found Abdullah still, she, he can't, she can't lose her ketubah. And therefore, must be, if you see that in this case, you'll see that, just the same way you see this in the case with the, with the witnesses, you should see it in any case, when you assume she was a Abdullah and she found Abdullah. That is Rabbah. Rav Ashi Really, I could tell you that if a Stama guy marries a girl, now, again, there's two cases. We're comparing the case of the guy she w- where she was married once before, but they, she wasn't alone with anyone, according to the witnesses, and a case where she wasn't married before and she just wasn't a betula, right? So Rashi says, no, you can't say that. In general, when she wasn't married before, I'll tell you that she gets nothing. You don't have to say that she gets 100. I'll say she gets nothing. So why over here would she get over here it's different because since the first one married her you knew what you were getting into and therefore even though these witnesses don't rely on the witnesses so therefore this case may be worse than the case the, case. the reason why you get a, I'm sorry better the reason why you get a hundred in this case is because you knew she got married but in the case where she wasn't supposed to have been ever married before maybe there you get zero not necessarily the other two things. True. So it says the Gemara, This that we said, that the second guy, when she married the first guy, the, and then they married the first guy, and supposedly uh, there were witnesses that they were never together, and then she marries the second guy. We said that he can't cling to him. This that we said that, why is the guy... Have to, why does the guy have to swallow it? Why don't we worry? Maybe, really, the witnesses, what they're saying is true. 
and she really wasn't alone with the guy. And this that she's not a betula is because she did something wrong while they were met, while they were kiddushinified. Once the second guy did kiddushin, then she did something wrong with somebody. And if so, she should lose a ketubah. Amar of Sherabia, Kigon Shikidesh Ubalak Laltar. We're talking about a case like a now day wedding, where they do Kiddushin and Nisuin under the same Chupa. And since they're doing Kiddushin and Nisuin under the same Chupa, therefore there is no time in between the Kiddushin and Nisuin that she could have done something wrong. And therefore it's not a problem. The Ika de Matila Matitin, there are some who explain it on the Mishnah. Betula almana gerushah chalutzam and nesuin. When our Mishnah says that if you have a betula or or almana gerushah chalutzam and nesuin, klamana ve'enlam tarabetulin. Even though once she's once she's divorced from, from nesuin, even though she claims to be a betula, she has no tarabetulin. The Gemara will ask on the Mishnah, betula min nesuin hechem shkachala. How can you find the case of a girl who's a betula even though she was fully married? Every girl who's fully married is not supposed to be a bitula at all. Says Talking about a case where she went to the chupa, but she did not have relations. We see from here that if a guy was kinsa, had, um, was machnisa lechupa as a bitula. And assuming she's a bitula, we find that she's a bitula. She must get a hundred. That, that, according to this version, version B, Rabbah's comment is on our Mishnah, not on the Brighton. And he's saying, you see from the Mishnah that if you marry a girl with bitula, you get a hundred. And Rashi sent back the same response that he said on the Brighton. Really, I'll tell you that in general, she gets nothing. Here it's different since the reason why you get 100 because since you knew she went to the chuppah, therefore you should have guessed that she might be a be'ula. Then the Gemara gives the same response in version B. Why don't we worry that maybe it happened while she was with him, while she was married to him after the Kedushin? And we give the same answer. We're talking about a case where it's like a modern day wedding where they got married right away. So basically, version A is asking the, the same sets of questions on the Brita, and version B was asking the same question, sets of questions on the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, the one who learns the question on the Brita, you could ask the same question on the Mishnah also. The one who learned the question in version B on the Mishnah, they wouldn't Ravashi. Would not have given his answer on the right. Over there, he would say you could rely on witnesses. In other words, the one who learns it on the Mishnah would say that in the Edim case where there's witnesses that she wasn't alone with somebody, the halakha would be different. Okay, here is a new Mishnah. They had a custom in Yehuda. There's two areas of Israel, Yehuda and Galil. So in a certain area of Israel, some people had a custom that before the wedding, in order that the wife shouldn't be too shy in front of the husband, they would, they would allow them to be alone for a period of time to get used to each other before the wedding. Now, that wasn't supposed to lead to relations, but sometimes it might. And therefore, we're going to see in the Mishnah that a person 
who used that minhag and ate by his father-in-law's house with his uh, with his arus in the house with him, biyuda shalom edim, but they weren't edim that they weren't alone, and they call it on ta'anat betulim. They're not able to claim a ta'anat betulim. They can't claim that his wife wasn't betula because we assume that it might have been you, because you were alone with her, and therefore it could have been you. And therefore, you can't come after and claim anything because you were alone with her anyway beforehand. Okay? Now, the Gemara says, This then it says, if you ate by your in-laws, it sounds like there are some people who live in Yehuda and they don't always keep this minhag of being alone with the girl. You see, there's different minhagim even in Yehuda. Not everyone follows the same thing. In the beginning, they would separate. They would uh, seclude the chatan and kala one hour before they go to the chupah. In order that the chatan should know the wife, but in the Galilee, laws who can they wouldn't do that. In Yehuda, in the old days, they used to put two um, two appointees, right, who would escort the chatan one for her, one for him, in order to check them and to frisk them before they go to the chupa. We're worried that maybe they'll pull some hanky-panky. The chatan or the kalam might have hanky-panky going on, either with by bringing in a cloth with blood or bringing in a cloth without blood, depending on who we're talking about. Right? So there was two agents to frisk them. In Galilee, they wouldn't do that. In Yehuda, the, the, the agents would sleep in the house where the chatan and kalam would sleep. But in Galilee, they wouldn't do that. And if a person didn't follow these rules, he can't claim ta'amat betulim. He can't claim any, any things because he didn't follow these rules. Now we'll see what that means. Ahai, which thing did we say that if a guy didn't keep these rules, he can't claim ta'amat betulim? There was three different laws mentioned. The first law mentioned was the law that they, they're alone, the chatan nekala. The second law, law was the law that there are agents who check them. And the third law is the law that the agents would sleep in the house. So is it talking about the first law? If it's the first law that they, the people were alone with the Chatan it should say, anyone who did it, not anyone who didn't do it. It's anyone who followed the rule of being alone. That's the problem. So it doesn't make sense. Ella, right? It doesn't make sense on the first rule. Ela asefa must be talking about the sefer. Call shalom mishmosh. Anyone who wasn't frisked, mibayale. It should say anyone who wasn't frisked. Why does it say anyone who did it? It should say anyone who wasn't frisked. So it doesn't make sense. Is it the first one or the second one? Amar says Really, it's talking about the freisha, which is anyone who has this rule of being alone with the chatan and kala. And switch the language to anyone who did the halacha, not anyone who did it. Amalei Rava, Rava doesn't like that answer. He says, "What kind of answer is that? You're switching the whole thing." Amalei Rava, the ha'kol shina lo nahag katani. It says anyone who didn't do it. It doesn't say anyone who did it. 
Ela Amar Rabba, rather Rabba says back, Hachikam, Kosh Shalonahak, Minhag Galil Begalil. Anyone who didn't do the Galil, Minhag in Galil, which means the Minhag of Galil is that they don't sleep alone. Ela Minhag Yehuda Begalil, rather a guy in the Galil who did Minhag Yehuda, who was alone, and Echol Tontan Vatalim. So it fits a little better that way. Okay, he's basically saying, he's talking, not talking about Yehuda, talking about the Galil guys. Because the Galil guys aren't supposed to be alone. But if you didn't follow the rules, means you didn't follow the Galil rules, that's when you're no good. He says, no, really, it's talking about the Sefa, which is the agents. Change it to the Kosh Shalom Mishmesh. Not Kosh Shalom Nahag, anyone who wasn't frisked. Okay, so there's three different answers. There's Abaya, Rava, and Rav Ashi. Abai's answer is change it completely. Rava's answer is it's going on Galil. And Rav Ashi's answer is it's going on the agents and you switch it to anyone who wasn't frisked. Okay? Here's the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, Whether you're a widow and your former husband was a Jew, or whether you're a widow and your former husband was a Kohen, your Ketubah is a hundred only. What? Yes. What? Correct, a hundred. Now, what, what are you saying? Say it again. The widow of a Kohen, meaning she was... She was married to a queen. She's a widow. She gets half, same as any other widow. Okay? Now, even though that's true, the betin of Kohanim would switch a, an unmarried Kohen girl from the regular 200 Ketubah to a 400 Ketubah. Right? They wanted to say that it's a privilege to marry the daughter of a Kohen. And therefore... And therefore, they made it 400. The rabbis didn't protest. And not only wouldn't they protest, but in other words, even if a guy got married regular to a girl like this, he got married in a regular case, just got married her. Still, they would say, okay, you married her, but she's a Kohen, we're getting 400. And the guy said, I never signed that, but that's the automatic thing that's in the Ketubah, according to this Betin Shekonim. Tana, we learned in the Brayta. The Amana of a Kohen gets also double. The same way a married woman gets double and gets 400, the Amana gets 200. A widow will get 200. Asking my how could that be? But what about our Mishnah? We learned in our Mishnah, whether you are Manav Yisrael or whether you are Manav Kohanim, you get a hundred. It was two separate Takanot. In the beginning, they made a unmarried girl four hundred for Kohen and a widow a hundred like a regular girl. But then they saw that people weren't properly respecting the Amorat Kohanim, right? And they would have an easy time divorcing them. 
So therefore, we're going to switch it to 200. But then Kevin the Chazid Then they saw people saying, "Hey, what do I? If it's two hundred, that's the same price as a regular girl. Why should I take a widow? People were taking widows because there's less of a ketubah. Why should I take a widow if if I can marry a regular girl, widow of a kohen? If I can marry a regular girl, get the same ketubah. So who was never married? Kevin the Chazid Kapishman. People they saw people were avoiding marrying." The, the widows of Kohanim, Amri, they said, They went back to the first, went back to the first thing that they're still a hundred. And that's why. Right. So that brighter that you saw was when they had raised it. But really they went, they, they re-lowered it afterwards. Now the mission says, Right, they would, they would, they would add to the ksuba. Hi, how are you? Well, you're a bit, I'm a bit. Are you? Are you? Oh. I'm a bit, right? Yeah. Okay. Amri Lo petin shekoni bilvad amru. Where are you holding? Where are you just in the start? Okay. Lo petin shekoni bilvad ela afilu mishpachot miyachasot yisrael im ratzul asot keder koni osim osim. Not only the betin of koni alone. Even uh, even if you're a pedigree family, if you're a family where they have a special, they, they know who you are, they know your your family goes back, lineage goes back, anyway, let's say your, your grandfather was a famous person and everyone knows who he is, then they could also do what the Kohanim did, which is raise the Kitubah. So, um, it says, can it be, can be Kohan, it be, uh, right, it's, it could be any other prestigious family. Says the MTV, they asked the contradiction. It says, We said that any family that's Hashub could pull this off and say that, that we want to make a bigger Kitubah than anyone else. What do you mean? Here it says that any, anyone who wants to follow Kohen could do it. For example, a Bat Yisrael marrying Kohen, or Bat Kohen Yisrael. It sounds like you have to have some Kohen connection there, right? Uh-huh. But it can't be that you're just a Yisrael family that's a Hashub family and you're raising it. That's what it sounds like from this Brayta, right? So how could we say that Rabbi Huda Meshmuel claims that anyone could do it? Not anyone could do it. It has to be specifically that you have some coin, either the husband's a coin or the wife's a coin, but not just heke. Yeah, so, the wife's a coin, you can, you can still do that. Oh, yeah, so, so we, there's a brighter that says that, that anyone who wants to double the ketubah could do it, but it mentions two examples, but both of them have koanim sides to them. Says the Gemara, Lomi Bai Kama. Not only. Which means like this. We, we told you the case of a bat Israel to Kohen to tell you, not only, which means we gave you a, a far out case. Not only in that case over there, when a bat Israel is marrying a Kohen, she was just a regular Yisrael, and now she's becoming the wife of a Kohen. The wife of a Kohen is a Hashuv thing. So there you might think that in that case, she can't, she's not entitled to, to, to double the, 
the ketubah. Why not? Why is she not entitled? Because they'll say to her, look, you married me, I upped your status. You were originally only the daughter of Yisrael. And now I upped your status, you became a, the wife of a Kohen. So therefore I'm not doubling your ketubah. Still, even there we could double the ketubah. Surely when it's about Yisrael to Yisrael, of course you could double the ketubah because they're both on the same status. And therefore that's why we told you this case. Not to tell you this is only the case you could do it. Tell you that even this case you could do it. Did you follow that, Vic? That one specifically. One more time. Um, so th- this Brighta is saying that when a Bat Yisrael marries a Kohen, they could double the Ketubah. Now we thought, we thought till now it was specifically that case. That you have to have some type of Kohanim situation there. But if it's a Bat, but if it's El Yisrael, if it's two Yisraelim marry each other, then you can't double it. So how could we say before that you could double it? Here it says, here it sounds like you can't double it. Okay? The Gemara answers, Lomi Bai Kamar. We did say that, but we weren't saying only this case. We're saying even this case you could double it. For sure you could double it in the Yisrael Yisrael case, but you could even double it in the Kohen in, in, in the Bat Yisrael Kohen. Why? Why would you think that a Kohen is worse? Because you might think that here it's worse. What's worse about it? Because since she, her status was elevated by marrying him, right? So maybe he could tell her, you want me to double your ketubah? You were, I elevated you, I'm not doubling your ketubah. And that's why we said that even this case where he elevated her, he doubled the ketubah. Surely Yisraeli, Yisraeli could double the ketubah. Oh, so that's how you could double it? Yes. We're saying that right now, we, we, the question we're asking was, oh, we thought that you mentioned an example of, of Ba'isel Kohen to tell you that you need to be some type of Kohanim in there in order to double. Mara says, no, you don't need to have a Kohen. We're telling you even a Kohen, because in the Kohen's case, he's elevating her, and still she gets more. Surely when no one's elevating nobody, you can make it more. Okay. You follow? Yeah, you might think that since he's elevating her, you know what he did? He, he's a, he, he was a Kohen, and she was just a Yisraelite girl, and now she became the wife of a Kohen, so therefore I'm not doubling you. Still, you could double. So surely, in Yisrael, so when no one's elevating anyone, of course it's okay to double. Uh-huh. Got it? Got it. Okay. Says the Mishnah. Okay, here's where the fun comes. Okay, this is a, this is actually lumbus. There's more 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 meat coming into the Gemara. Hanoset isha, a guy marries a girl, doesn't find her to be a betula. He omeret. Now she says, So she's she could claim two things. She could claim uh, I was a mukat etz. Something happened to me physically, but I never had relations. Or she could claim that I had relations, but I was forced. She claims that she was forced, and she was forced after she was ready did did erusin, and therefore, it's like your field got flooded. Just like if a guy buys a field and then afterwards there's a flood and he loses all his crops, he can't claim, "Oh, I want a refund." You can't get a refund. That's what happens. It's your mazel. You lost your, you lost your thing. So too, when this happened to me, it wasn't my fault. I was forced. And, and therefore it's your problem. I, I get the full ketubah. The whole man and his claim is, no. Kim ela Yes, you, 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 you might have had relations before. Uh, I, I, um, I 
got engaged to you. And if so, when I married you, I assumed that you had never had a relationship before, and therefore it's a mekach ta'ut, and I'm not giving you any ketubah at all. That's the, that's the machloka between the wife and the kala. What happens? Rabban Gamliel, she's believed. Now, why is she believed? We'll see you soon. Yeshua says, no, we don't live from her mouth. We don't have to trust her. We assume that she was beforehand. Until she brings witnesses, otherwise without witnesses, they don't get it. So the Gemara is going to explain what, what the machlok So again, the mach, big machlok over here, whether or not we believe her, whether we believe him. You, you with us already? Yeah, no, I'm not with the fun. It's still now. Yeah. It was, it was, no, it, was it was brought it was brought down the Gemara, but here's where the fun is. The Gemara just brought it down as a raya. Okay, says the Gemara Itmar. We learned. Okay, here. It, yeah, 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 it's where the fun is. So the, even though this case is talking about a wife and a husband, it's really not only relevant to that. It's really relevant all over Shas to many cases where he's claiming something. He doesn't know when she... Again, she's claiming, I know what happened. I know when I was forced to have relations with somebody. I know what happened. I know what's going on. And he's saying, oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe it happened before. And I don't, I don't you know. I, what, what, what does that have to do with me? So that same case could come up in money cases too. And the Gemara is going to be a proof now from a money case. Itma, we learned, mana I come out, you say, where's my hundred dollars you owe me? Vehala Amr, the other guy says, I don't know. I'm not sure if I, if I owe you a hundred. Any of that? They say, the guy's chayav to pay. Because if you don't know, Right? You, you, that means your Shema, you have to pay. Rav Nachman, Yochanan, Amar Patur, they say you're Patur. Right? Now what's the reason? Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda, Amar Chayav, they say Chayav, Bari Veshema, Bari Adif. If one guy is certain, and the other guy is uncertain, the certain guy wins. And therefore, that's Rav Yehuda and Rav Huna hold that you have to pay. Rav Nachman, Yochanan, Amar Patur, they say, no, we go with Chazaka. And they say, Uki Memona Becheskes Mari. Leave the money in the chazaka of its owner. And therefore, I had my hundred dollars in my pocket. You're coming, you're coming to take the money from me. You're motzi you need a raya. And therefore, since you need a raya, if you have no raya, therefore, you need witnesses, you have no witnesses, it's too bad. You can't come with bori just to take away. That's the machloket. Now, mind you, these are amoraim talking. In our Mishnah, they were tanaim talking. So even though they're arguing, it seems like a similar thing. Let's see. What, let's see how the Gemara connects it. Says the Gemara, "Amale Abayel of Yosef." Abayel tells of Yosef, "Had the Rav Huna, Rav Yehuda, this business of Rav Yehuda and Rav Yehuda, this Shmuel he, they probably learned it from Shmuel." Now, everyone knows that Rav Yehuda is Shmuel's Talmud. The Gemara is full of Rav Yehuda. I'm Rav Yehuda, I'm a Shmuel, all over the place. So Abayel is telling his Rebbe, Rav Yosef. This that you saw Rabbi Yehuda say that the guy has to pay, he probably heard it from his Rebbe, Shmuel. What did Shmuel say? The Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, you have a pregnant girl and she's single. The Amrilan, we asked the girl, who is the father of this fetus that you have? 
And the answer, Mi'ishi Ploni, it's from this man, Vikohenhu. And he was a Kohen, which means he's not a Mamzer or anything. He's a regular Kohen. Yes, it wasn't the right thing I did, but he was a regular uh, Kohen, and the kid's going to be fine. Rabban Gamil Be'ezomim Ne'emenet. Rabban Gamil say that she's believed, and therefore the kid can marry a regular person. We trust her, right? And the Rishua says, no, not necessarily. We assume that the, the kid was a Mamzer until she brings a proof. That's a machloket in the Mishnah with it, similar to our Mishnah. How would you bring a proof? Well, I guess she'll need... How would she bring a proof? My, I, my assumption is some witnesses that saw her be alone with the guy. What if the guy himself came and he said that's... Well, that's, she'll have to go find him. But Oh, according to you're talking about that time? Yeah, he's asking according to Yeshua. Like, I would do it, yes. So the Gemara says, He says, Shmuel says that the Halacha is like Rabban Gamliel who says that we believe her. Right? Sharp one. So Shmuel by Yehuda told Yehuda, Right? You said in the name of Shmuel, a different time, that Halacha is like Gamliel, even by Rishona. Not just in the case of Haitame Uberet, which is the pregnant case, but even in our Mishnah, the Halacha is like, like Rabban Gamliel. Because in our Mishnah, we had the case where the guys... Yeah, the guy said, get in fine with him, and she says that it happened after you engaged to me. And he's, he says, no, maybe it was beforehand. And there also, we said both of them. My Afbirishuna, what does he mean, even by the what, What's so cool that he said, even in the first one? means, even though we could say, leave the money in the Cheskes Mari. Why? Because who has the money? Who. Who, who has the possession? We always go by who had possession. Now, in the Kitubake, in the second case, we're trying to say that this baby was a, a no good case. Was no, was no good. Okay, there, there's no chazaka. But in the first case, where she, she wants to get money out of him, he says, you're only entitled to, to 100. Right? Or you're entitled to nothing. And she's claiming... Um, uh, at least 100, or maybe 200, whatever she's claiming. But the point is, she's claiming, so she wants money out of his pocket. The rule is, when you want some money out of someone else's pocket, you usually need to bring a proof. And therefore, over here, the, the, it's a bigger chidush to say that in a case where she's got to take money. That's why it says, even in the first case, because even in the case where she's getting money out of his pocket, still we believe. Let's see how the Gemara says. Even though we could say, leave the money in the in the chazaka of the owner. This is still body adif, which means why does she win? She wins because she's certain. You want to keep the money in your pocket, but you don't know. I know. When a person comes and says, "I know," that's more powerful than the chazaka. Bari the chazaka, bari adif. Right. In a yeshiva, you, we, if you were in a real alumnus yeshiva, you'd be spending at least a week and a half on Bari Vechazaka, Bari Adif. But here we're in Dafyom. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming up.
But in a yeshiva, this page, this Rambam's is a lot of fun. A lot, all, all sorts of, all sorts of fun over here. So it says the Gemara, it's like almost, a, it's almost a shame to, to blast through it like this. So it says the Gemara, Leima, let's assume Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Huna the Amri Kirvangeliel. Let's assume that the two Amoraim, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Huna, who who before said Yechayav, right in the money case, in the money case, Rabbi Huna and Rabbi Yehuda had both said that Yechayav in that case. So that the, the, that dovetails nicely with Rabbi Gamliel. For Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Yochanan, they're probably going like Rabbi These two Amoraim are going to like the the, the first Tana, and these two Amoraim are going like Rabbi and it's a simple line. Now, whenever the Gemara says that, it's usually not going to be true, because. Usually, if, if it was true that they're just going like that rabbi, they would just, just say, halakha this. Why would they make their own law? I don't hold that one person. Right. Each rabbi would rather say that I'm a universal law. So I'm Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman, who says that you're patur and you don't have to pay the money. He says, no. I can really go like Rabban Gamaliel, who says the woman is believed. Why? Over there, in our case, she's got a migu. What's the migu? The migu is, she could have said mukat etz. Now, why is mukat etz better? Because in mukat etz, she's not admitting to anything, and she's not becoming a surah kohen. Right? This girl, the, the, this girl has relations with her husband, and he sees that she was she's not a betula. She's two things she could say. She could say, uh, I, I was horseback riding, and I heard, and I lost the betulim, or she could say she was uh, she was she was raped. If she says horseback riding, she's mutar to kohen. If she says rape, she's asur to kohen. Right. So therefore, what, the fact that she says rape, she she has a more of a believability. It's probably a true story because if she wanted to lie, why would she lie about that? She'll talk about horseback riding. And therefore, that's why Rabban Gamliel says that we'll believe her. But in my case, where I'm coming for a hundred, and I ask my hundred for sure, you owe me, and the other guys, I'm not sure what happened. Over there, everyone will agree that you have to pay because there's no migu. Avalacha, my migu because there is no migu. And therefore, Rav Nachman could say that my statement was said according to everybody. Inami, another way to learn it. When did Rabban Gamliel say his law over there in the Mishnah? We say, we assume the woman with her chazaka. Right? Why would you say that it happened a long time ago? Leave her chazaka as long as it is. What chazaka does the claimant have? The claimant has no chazaka to get money. And therefore, what, the girl has a chazaka that every girl in the world starts off as a betula. But the claimant over here doesn't start off owed money, and therefore, don't complain. Don't compare the two things. So says the Gemara, It's probable that this answers. Probably Rav Nachman really holds like Rav Gamliel. Why? The Imkan, if so, we have a question of the halacha on the halacha. The kaimalan, because we know halacha kirav nachman bedini. Whenever Rav Nachman is arguing with his friends, if it's a din, we follow Rav Nachman. Similar to Shmuel, halacha kishmuel bedini. Halacha is like Rav Nachman bedini. Ubeha 
אמר בהודא אמר שמואל, הלכה כאן גמליאל. ובהודא אמר שמואל זה הלכה זה כאן גמליאל. So we'd like to say that Rav Nachman is like Rav Nachman, not like we said, not necessarily before. Now we want to claim that Rav Nachman is like Rav Nachman because that will dovetail the two halachot. This way the halacha like Rav Nachman and the halacha like Rav Nachman go together. Elav, right? Elav shramineh kedushanina. We see, like we answered, that Rav Nachman is not against Rav Gamliel. We have to give those two answers that we gave, right? Because otherwise, how could Rav Nachman, the halacha, go with Rav Gamliel? Rav says, ah, shmamina. Okay, we see that taka, that halacha is like Rav Gamliel, and Rav Nachman is going like Rav Gamliel. Okay, we're going to stop over here at the Mishnah. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen ve'amen.